Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And greetings. Greetings, everybody. Love to be with you. This is the last show for the year. You're with Ray and Faye. We have the fabulous Bev Daring back. Yay. And John Glidden, our researcher extraordinaire, is standing by. Big shout out to the very mischievous, highly efficient Alan Simons with a great selection of music that we really, really enjoy. And he was uh, supported today by the very affable Peter Kelly. Hope I have that all correct because I'm uh, all my all my notes are disappeared. I shall find them shortly. No Jim Crinan this week. He'll be back next week, of course. Faya Caro, how goes it, young lady? Our well, last show for the year. Very, very well, Ray. And cheers to you. Thank you for the coffees every Saturday morning. Couldn't get by without them. You is welcome. Yes. I can't believe it's our last show for the year. The, gosh, the years just roll this around. This has been, I think, for me personally, the quickest year ever. <laughs> oh, I believe that happens the older flash. we get, is the that quicker what it, it is? goes. Is that what mm. it is? Ooh, ah, okay. <laughs> so we're in for a happy show today. We are, we're going to uh, just simply have fun. We've got a great interview coming up with Angie Thomas from Yates. A new book release, no less, and... Uh, not only is this a fabulous book for a number of reasons, we are giving two books away uh, after we've chatted with Angie to two lucky listeners. They will be mailed to you. And uh, Faye's got the book in her hot little hands and uh, I was having a browse through last night. Twin, top 50 fragrant plants. So it's about 50 fragrant plants. So they have been specifically selected. And how not to kill them. And I love that part. <laughs> That's most important for people like me because... I'm capable of killing plants, highly capable of it. Mm-hmm. Well, they keep changing the goalposts on us, Ray, and we have to <laughs> the plants dodge, do. <laughs> dodge and evolve. Well, they do a little bit, don't mm. they? Because you you buy your plants in a me- in a mix of media, so everything from coir to hydroponic clay balls yeah. to various qualities of potting mix. And you have to be able to roll with the punches. You have to understand what that's all about, what it means. If you take your eye off the ball and just oh, no. like water it like with everything else, chances are it'll be drooping mm. and it'll rot in the pot. Like mm. you you just have to upskill, understand the plant requirements, transition it mm. and then, you know, let it let it evolve and yeah, find out where it's happy before it's too late. But it, yeah, so you have to treat every plant individually, <laughs> and when you have a lot of plants, <laughs> I know, I know. That he who has hard. the most plants wins. Yeah, is that right? That might be you, Faye. Yeah, uh, without a shadow of a well, doubt. I'm thinking like we're coming to the end of the year, 
and I'm summing up my life as I do at this time Are of you year. Are you doing a bit of reflection, do you? Well, a little bit of reflection and looking at my newest challenges mm. and instead of falling into a heap and <laughs> giving up. Well, hey, Ray, could, there, are, there are days I could water oh. the garden with my tears, I can tell oh, you. Oh, please, love. I know, Why? very dramatic. Well, we we can all have down days. Like I'm a yeah. Libra, and if someone tips my scales, it really does upset the apple cart. See, I'm a lion. <laughs> Rawr. Mm. Um, but yeah, going forward, how how are we going to do it? We all have water challenges. Some more than others. I know. We, we actually have an email here on that topic. Do we? Well, a couple actually, and. Um, no, we have to think about how we can do better next year. Yes, absolutely. As always. As always, so bigger, across the better. Board, how can we do better? Mm. How can we still have a beautiful garden? Because that's important to us. And how can we, um, yeah, summon, summon that next level of challenge to do better, save more, use less, mm. etc.? Mm. <laughs> I agree. Watch I, I, this space. I, I feel very optimistic going forward. I look forward to next year and working hard. I actually enjoy working hard uh, and I like to get really good results in no matter what I do. I That's how I'm wired. Uh, but we hope today just to have a really uh, fun day. Want you guys to join in on 94841927. You can email us too by going to gardening curtainfm.com.au and don't forget whilst we're away many podcasts on our website many many podcasts you can go back and listen to the whole year if you wanted to or shows that are specifically of interest to you and we're going to have John in the studio uh, just after we've spoken to Angie from Yates and he's going to do a bit of a wrap up for us of the year and and we're just going to share a little bit of what has been going on this year and behind the scenes and do an overall wrap up aren't we so we are and uh, reflection and and answer your calls so feel free to ring in with your gardening uh issues if you like good bad doesn't matter that's what we're here for we good bad brag brag yes yes <laughs> we like love a that. good brag we love a good brag as well and last night we were at the open gardens wa they had their little christmas wind up and we were at a beautiful home in mount lawley weren't we and uh, diane and andrew's yeah, lovely garden yeah and uh great couple beautiful garden and uh, and and we all have our garden ways they had this most magnificent tree that i was admiring all night and then at the end someone actually announced um that the tree has the Polyphagus shot hole borer has attacked it and they may lose this tree and it's the most outstanding tree all night I was admiring its canopy and you think see we all we all have our crosses to bear mm. in gardening it's never straightforward it's no. never easy uh, and that it's always very challenging and yes it can be downright disappointing mm. but we get up and we we find ways around it and we start again yeah. New opportunities yeah. arise. Yeah, absolutely. We could do without them, but there oh, we, we go. certainly could do without them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying bring it on, <laughs> but I thought to myself, we all have our crosses to bear with the yep. issues that go on in our gardens, and some some more major than others, and in life in general, that's how it is, and it's all so, nature. So we shall go with the flower on the topic of water. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> you've thought that one out very hard. Oh no, just. Just, out. Out just the, fell out. Just spell, spilled out. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So what are you going to do? A, an email? Oh, just a couple of emails. Let's, let's do Quick ones now. to get through. So Robin from Kingsley said, good morning. The subject is uh, boar and she's 
saying he's hoping the new Minister for Water will be willing to listen to the garden industry. So, yes, we can get back on that bandwagon come the new year and see what gardeners can can get because we know how important it is to garden for mental health, Yeah, to, to have green spaces for the cooling effect and trees for the canopy and well-being of, of all in nature. So, yes... We're on a bit of a campaign for next year. Mm. Of course, the subject of lawn, and Chloe has sent us in an email, and she's been struggling with her lawn. It is a relatively small patch, and she has tried weeding, sowing more seed, apl- multiple applications of wetter fertilisers, and um, yeah, following the, um, the product information. She's mm. aerated with a fork, and she's also regularly hand watering to to supplement the twice weekly sprinklers, complying with the water regulations, uh, regular mowing and raking leaves. So first thing, Chloe is is sun. You know, we just want to make sure that there is sufficient sunlight getting there, and that the lawn is growing strong. Because it, if it is in a low light position. The blades on the lawn can be a little bit elongated, stretching for the light. So mm. is that the best position for lawn? Uh, there's a couple of trees there as well. It actually looks quite green and healthy. Now, when we spoke to Clayton recently, he was recommending little and often. Mm. So once a month fertilising and repeat applications of wetting agents. Yeah, a little tickle. Some mm. are better than others, yes. and you possibly will get a better result with a liquid, yeah. and there are certainly brands of wetting agents that are far better than others. Now, these are probably not available at your local hardware stores, no. but if you went to a, a water-wise irrigation specialist, yes. or if you just had a look on Facebook at the lawn groups, you'll find some top tips there. Mm. The other thing, Chloe, is if you don't need it as a lawn space, if there's not a dog sort of rolling around or kids playing there, maybe consider um, something that has less water use and less pain. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is a shady area, dichondra can can work quite well amongst it. Otherwise, maybe low ground covers that mm. are more drought hardy mm. and just power away. Because yeah. if you just want that that shallow carpet of green, you can get that effect with other plants a lot can. easier. And some you can walk on too. Yeah. So yeah. That, that could be a very pretty area mm. with less trauma. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> you want me to keep going? I can keep yes, going, yes, right? Yes, please. Okay, and this comes joyful and happy Christmas from Gail. Thank you very much, Gail. She's a regular she contributor. Is. She is. And she says, very best wishes for a joyful Christmas, fantastic 2023 mm-hmm. and perfect gardening weather. Thank you, including all your guests, for your amazing gardening tips. Keeps us happy and sane in this crazy world. Yeah. And she sent two images mm. of Christmas trees. One is one lit up at night, possibly on a house, and the other is the amazing West Australian Christmas tree, the Nootsie of Floribunda. Yes, of which you have quite a few on your property. We do. Yeah. And when we had our gathering the other night, John yeah. Colwell and Mark Tuchek Yes. Stood gazing at that tree, mm. the tree in the centre of our property, which they 
conservatively estimate is at least 12 metres, mm. but more likely 15 to 16 metres, at a size that they have never, never before seen. And John recommended that I get the tree gazetted. Now, that's a new term for me, and yeah. I have Googled, yeah. but I'd I'm not sure what that entails. entails. And I wonder if one of our listeners might might be able to Expand give me some ideas. More information. And mm. how old do you think that tree is? See, I wouldn't have a clue, Ray. I yeah. mean, we've lived there for over 20 years yeah. and the previous owners were there for 20 years before us. Mm. So the area was developed around 40-odd years ago. John Banasavich has been in that area the whole time. Um, and that little pocket of bush we have is virtually untouched, except for me going through with a mower or um, mm. wandering through. Yeah. So it's it can be, um, yeah, it's a treasure trove. Yeah. Okay. And we're also giving away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees sometime during the program today. I know you enjoy those as we enjoy giving them away. Takes you to see a wonderful nursery. So we'll be doing that as well as the two book giveaways. Uh, and we'll be speaking to Angie in a couple of minutes. And we're going to learn about uh, 50 fragrant plants. And I've had a browse through and I just think it's an incredibly good idea. And uh, and and it's it's well for people it's idiot proof for people like <laughs> me where you um, it gives you every pointer to get the very best result uh, so it's a very easy read and it gives you all the pointers all the tips how to care for it if it's in the ground how to care for it, it's in a pot and she's even got plants like I had it written down here baronia oh you know, my that's goodness the bane of all of our existence mm. how to grow the baronia and I thought oh this, my antenna went up when I saw that well as you know I can't smell it no, I can. Strong fragrance. Isn't mm. that funny? It's our it's, olfactory. Is, uh, and I do. I don't think I've lost my sense of smell. In fact, yesterday I <laughs> yeah. was sitting in the garden and the, this gentle waft of marshmallow came through. Yeah. And I get that on a warm day from the Duranta, the Geisha Girl yeah, yeah, flowers. Yeah, yeah it's funny. And mm. so there are times when I've had people come to my house and go, oh, the fragrance. And I'm going, really? Where? What? And <laughs> yeah, so maybe you get conditioned or, to, you know, used mm. to it. I don't know. But anyway, this is a great book and it's come being released just in time uh, as as you would have it for Christmas. And I oh, I think that is an excellent Christmas present, actually. Absolutely. What are you getting for Christmas, Faye? Oh, gosh, I don't know, Ray. I I really don't know. I haven't even thought, thought about, about it. it. No. I could do with some new clothes. <laughs> That's unusual for you to say that, actually. It's normally garden-related, but everything goes to into the garden. Sometimes it's nice to do something I have to have a mind shift. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, so I'll be lucky to get a kick in the pants, I reckon. <laughs> right. True. Back shortly. Curtain Radio. And, yes, we are here. We always get caught out, don't we? We do. Welcome your calls this morning, 94841927. Let us know what's happening in your garden. Let us know what you're getting up to over Christmas. And uh, for those of you out there, of which there are many, uh, that live on your own, uh, you're not alone. You do have Curtain Radio with you all of the time and uh, you will be entertained right through the Christmas and New Year period by our wonderful volunteers. 
who will keep this station running and wonderful music coming to you and lots of chit chat and great company for you over this period. So you are not alone when you've got Curtain Radio. And I, I just have to admit my shortcomings right here and now because I have <laughs> failed to put the phone number of our today's guest on the running sheet. I have it. And you have it? Yeah. All right, well, quick run out and <laughs> I'll just keep talking. <laughs> oh, sorry, everybody. Gosh, and no, normally John picks me up on my mistakes. Um, now, we got an email in from Ray to let us know of Waterwise Garden Advice for Boar Owners and it's free garden advice. What's included in advice? A Waterwise Landscaper or Garden Designer can visit your property to conduct a review of your plants to advise their watering needs or alternative options. Soils to check condition and advise appropriate treatments such as conditioning agents. Uh, garden design to determine a different layout. So hydrozoning is often looked at as a way to um, streamline watering. Grouping of plants to see if layout changes are required and other landscaping solutions. So a limited number of garden sessions are available. Think climate change, be water wise, contact the Water Corporation website for more information. So, and what a great service. So the Water Corporation is helping consumers reduce their water. And actually, Ray, next week we are getting installed a flow meter on our bore. So, so what does that mean? That will determine how much water we use okay. right across the board on, on the garden um, and probably separate to the house Okay. or including the house. I don't know. And because we are only on bore and there is no meter, we really don't have a ballpark figure. So yes, it'd be quite interesting to know what our water use is. In a cycle. Mm, and this yeah. will determine how how big our water tank would need to be to cope with with our garden and house. Oh, mm. I see, I see. Yes, I will. lots of challenges for you to overcome mm. uh, in the next few months, absolutely. All right, we do have Angie Thomas online now. Angie is the Horticultural Communications Manager at Yates. Hey, Angie, you're with Ray and Faye. How are you? Good morning. How are you both? Oh, good, thank you. Yep, I made a little mistake and didn't put your phone number down, Angie, but they've sorted it out, so that's great. You've got me now. We've got you. <laughs> thank and you. Are you all pre prepared for Christmas, Angie? Oh, look, <laughs> I've got a group of people coming today for a Christmas party and I've got oh. another group of people coming tomorrow for a Christmas party. So it is quite busy and then more people on Christmas Day. So tis the season... To yes. be busy. Fa la 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 la. Sure. La 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 la. <laughs> exactly. Busy oh. is with an underline. Mm. So what have you done to dress up for for your visitors? Oh, look, we've been washing the windows and you know, yeah. cleaning the inside of the taps and all the things yeah. that don't get done throughout yeah. the year. But what I'm going to do is cut. I've got some sunflowers growing in the garden, so I'm going to pick a beautiful big vase of sunflowers. So that's going to really brighten up the festivities. So it's really lovely when you can go out into your garden and, and pick things. It doesn't have to be flowers. It could be a, a lovely vase of greenery as that's well. Right. It, could, right. it could be ivy. It could be conifer. It could be even buxus. It could be anything. So it's really lovely when you can make the most of your garden. It's really great. Sure is. And you 
obviously make the most of your garden and plants, putting together these great books on, well, for example, the latest top 50 fragrant plants and how not to kill them. We love it. We love the concept, the whole idea behind it, Angie. What was your inspiration for this one? Well, I, I mean, I just, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a gardening addict, as you might know, but mm-hmm. um, I, I just love fragrant plants. Because yes. it, it's like the icing on the cake. I mean, flowers are beautiful as they are, but when you can walk up to a fragrant flower and bury your nose in its petals and, and it's mm. just beautiful. So I wanted to put together a list of what, I felt with the top 50 fragrant plants, I'm sure someone is going to say, Angie, what about this, this and yeah, this? Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. But, but to trying to bring them all together and let people know um, how, when and where to, to grow them. So there are different plants that are suitable for different climates. So uh, you can read the book and know that I'm in, uh, say, a temperate climate. So these plants are suitable. Also working out when they flower because some uh, Seasons, plants... Seasons, yes. That, that's right, because spring often gets all the glory and it, it doesn't does. need to be that way. Mm. So you can have uh, choose different flowers that flower at different times of the year. So you've always got something fragrant to enjoy. But also a lot of fragrant plants, they might have a little, a few tips and tricks to help them grow better. And yes. the book covers that, like watering and soil requirements and feeding, some watch outs for main pests and diseases and things yes. like that, whether they can be grown in pots. So you don't need to have a big backyard or a backyard at all to and be able to grow. And you even have which pot to choose, which I loved. Oh, look, I just wanted to make it really easy for people but, to yeah, include yeah. a fragrant plant or 50 in yeah. their garden because fragrant plants, and they can evoke some really lovely memories as well. So you might have a favourite auntie that had a gorgeous Daphne in her garden yes. or something that reminds you of a tropical holiday like a, a frangipani, for example. So it's just beautiful to be able to fill your garden with not only layers of foliage and flowers but also fragrance as well. And you're also catering to uh, people's might have a small garden or a small space and the aspects that they've got, whether it be sun or shade, you actually cover all of that in this book, which I think is excellent. Well, not everyone is blessed with a right. amount of sunshine. Yeah. So as, as our gardens get get smaller and also buildings go up around us yes. so we have shade now where we didn't have shade or people might have the only garden that they might be able to have is down the shady corner of the uh, of the house down by a fence or exactly. people don't have a, a garden at all so I wanted to make sure that even the smallest space gardeners if you've got a balcony or a courtyard can still have fragrant plants and there's lots of things that you can grow in pots and that's really lovely as well because you can bring those beautiful uh, pots uh, into the um, into the limelight when when they're at their full flowering uh, yeah. capacity and then you can hide them somewhere where they're when they're not so it's really it's really lovely and I, and I wanted people to be able to read this book and think I can do that I can grow that I've got the spot for that or oh I haven't seen that in years I get a lot of people telling me about things that their grandmother used to grow and and just because they were grown generations ago doesn't mean we can't enjoy them right now. Well, I was saying to listeners before we spoke to you that you even have a page for the Baronia. Oh, yes, it's just so beautiful. Um, and there are a few tips and tricks with that one, yeah, um, yeah. Um, particularly if your soil is less than uh, perfectly drained. But I, I wanted to make sure that we um, I had some Australian native plants in there as well. And the Baronia is, is one of the, the plants with such a heavenly fragrance that it definitely made the cut. 
in yes. those in those fifty plants. I I particularly like this little image of the NPK. Yes, where you show people that if they want the the bigger flowers or more flowers and bigger fruit, that potassium is the key element in that. I think that that sort of information helps uh, break down and and helps people understand what we're talking about when we talk about fertilisers for flowering and fruiting plants. That's right. To understand the main nutrients that uh, plants in general need for growth, so NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium, and they all play really important roles. So nitrogen is really good for encouraging strong, healthy green leaf and stem growth. Yeah. Phosphorus is really good for um, establishing a strong root system. But the potassium, as you mentioned, is really good for promoting flowering and fruiting. It also has a role in general plant health as well. Potassium actually helps to strengthen cell walls of plants so that makes them a little bit more resistant to pests and diseases so that's handy as well but potassium is really important for flowering plants uh, to give them as much nutrient so they can draw on that and then give us a beautiful flower show and obviously this book has just been released Angie it's hot off the press. It's only been out for about a month. So okay. um, I'm getting some really lovely feedback and, oh, and, yeah. and it's got some beautiful photos in there. It was an absolute joy to write. I, oh, I wish I, I could imagine. include um, a smell in the, in the book as well. No, it's the simplicity of the book that I think is the most attractive uh, for me. I just think it's easy to read, easy to follow, not complicated or technical. And it's for everybody. Oh, that's that's lovely. It's, it's, I just wanted to make sure that gardening can be a little bit like following a Christmas recipe. You've got sure. the ingredients and yeah. these are the steps and this is how you put it together. And, and when I talk about gardening to people, they say, oh, Angie, I've got a black thumb. It's like, no, there's no such thing as a black thumb. Yeah. You a green thumb in training. You just need to be shown or told how yeah. to do it and you break it down into those steps. Know what environment you have at home know what plants need and then match them up and you can find perfect combinations and all of a sudden your garden will be flourishing because you've uh, followed those few simple steps and, and chosen the right plant for the right spot. Do you know looking at the flowers in this book I can almost smell them yeah, like it brings that that uh, fragrance to my mind. Mm. Um, the early cheer jonquils and the alisum and the freesias, such mm. beautiful, sweet smells. And the photos are absolutely beautiful. Great photography in that. Mm. Oh, they, they were a joy to, to find as well. And an interesting thing about smell, and they're all different types of fragrances as well, and they have different notes in them as well, similar mm. to people, how people describe wine. They've got a bouquet with a, <laughs> with a fruity end or, or mm. something like that. And, and some flowers have those different levels of fragrance as well. And often rose breeders will say um, they've got three different notes in a fragrance in them. And so there'll be a fruity and a citrusy and maybe a patchouli or something else. So fragrance is quite complex. Yeah, like and, perfume. And Mm. That, that's right and, mm. and different fragrances will appeal to different people exactly. I love the smell of jonquils but some people <laughs> will wrinkle their nose yeah. up when I say I like jonquils but, yeah. Yeah. but there are lots of different uh, fragrances for people to choose from and also an interesting thing about uh, smell it's the sense of smell is, is processed by your brain a little bit differently so your other senses 
go through a part of the brain that acts as a bit of a gatekeeper. Um, but what the sense of smell does, it bypasses that and goes straight to the, the parts of our brains that uh, process uh, emotion. So that's why fragrance can be so tightly woven into into emotion and it takes you back to people or times or, or places and that's a lovely thing about fragrance as as well and um you know we, we it would be lovely for us all to have uh, 50 of these fragrant plants yeah, in our just. in our gardens but if people can include a few then it all helps to put a smile on our faces and sure we all need more smiles and so we sure do it's it's inspirational yeah. and we just absolutely love it and it's perfectly timed uh not only as a great Christmas gift, Angie, but just for everyone in general. Buy it. Give yourself a gift, a Christmas gift. Get it for yourself. That's what I say. Don't wait for someone else to buy it for you. Go out there and get it. Well, and being Christmas, yeah. lots of tips for what to buy. Like if you want uh, night fragrance, if you want something yeah. that will give you fragrance in summer. So particularly if you're planting around a pool, yeah, something like frangipani, that will give mm. you that that fragrance while you're swimming in the pool mm. like that always reminds me of driving along the coast at north beach or trig uh 50 years ago the smell of the ocean the seaweed and the mm. um pennies used to meld together it was such a fresh smell mm. That's what like. oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful and and it's a it's a really good point to bring up if you uh, have somewhere that you outdoors you might have a deck or an outdoor outdoor space that you use a lot in summer look for the plants that flower not only in summer but often at night time as well there are a lot yeah. of plants that yeah. really hit their fragrant peak During in the evening things, things like frangipani you mentioned but also maria and there's night center stock night scented stock i should say yes. i've also got some star jasmine at home and i came home late last night and i just stood outside my front yeah. door and just inhaled this beautiful fragrance. So you can choose different plants um, to suit the area that you're going to plant them in so you can enjoy them on a, a beautiful summer's night. Or you can plant them outside a window that you might have open on hot <laughs> summer nights and that will waft yeah. into your bedroom and ah, you can lie there in all its fla- fragrant glory. It's just oh, lovely. Oh, no, our, our minds there, is, it's endless, isn't it? Thank you. Sweated so our appetite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good. We'll let you get back to your very busy uh, days and uh, wish you a wonderful <laughs> Christmas and uh, thank you for yet more inspiration with this absolutely beautiful book, uh, Top 50 Fragrant Plants, and most importantly, How Not to Kill Them. Such a wonderful <laughs> idea. Thank you for bringing it to us. Thank you so much for having me and I hope you both and all your listeners have a wonderful and happy and safe and fragrant plant-filled Christmas as well. Thanks, Angie. Look after Best yourself. Best wishes. So Cheers, love. Bye. 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 What a gorgeous lady. Oh, she's so bright and bubbly, isn't she? She is. I wouldn't be like that if I had guests coming. <laughs> well, like, hurry up. <laughs> I think you she's so would, relaxed. Ray. She's so you... relaxed. Mm. Yeah, so no, we're looking at this book right now and I was having a browsery last night and I just, just fell in love with it. It's, uh, and I think because of its simplicity and there is absolutely... If you're going to go to the trouble of having plants, why not make sure they're fragrant? Get, well, it's that jackpot, right? I, I challenge everyone to go out into their gardens today, find something that is fragrant yeah. and just pick 
a stem or a few and pop them in a vase. Mm. Add a bit of greenery mm. and and enjoy. I like just to have even a rose stem beside my bed. Mm. You know, I, I just love that. Yeah. Okay, we've got some very patient listeners. We're in Manning. Kate, good morning. Morning, Kate. Good morning. Hiya. Um, I just wanted to know, a couple of months ago, you recommended that I transplant a dwarf lemon tree, which we did. I cut off all the stock, um, that the branches that are grown from the stock root, I'm guessing. Um we transplanted it. It was sad for a little while. Then it got lovely and it's, it's got loads and loads of flowers, lots and lots of bees. But any it's just going black, yellow and then black, very little. So we just lost you a little bit so, then, Kate, um, with the line. We just had lots of clicking. I might get you to repeat that last sentence. Last bit. So, yeah, um, sorry. The, so loads of flowers yeah. on my lemon tree. Loads of bees, so I'm assuming the yeah. pollination is all happening. Yeah. Any fruit that is a pairing um, is going yellow and black and falling off. Okay. It probably isn't well enough established to continue fruiting. Like we've interrupted its um, its cycle and it probably yeah. doesn't have enough roots to support the, the fruit. So I wouldn't worry too much. Only 5% of fruit is ever likely to set on a healthy tree. The fact that yours has been transplanted, I would probably not let it flower. I would prefer okay. that the, the goodness goes into re-establishing the roots and setting up the leaves and foliage. Okay. So, so don't... I just don't um, take off all the flowers? Just oh, just, just let them fall off. But, yeah, don't worry about letting it develop fruit. Okay. So probably um, wait until next season. Yes, definitely. Okay, perfect. All right. Easy. And, and uh, very quickly, my orange tree, um, same thing. Well, uh, I got loads of flowers, um, very little fruit, and then whatever fruit was there did just fall off as well, just little. Um, that's in a pot, though, and hasn't been moved or had anything done to. So I've added some um, sulfate of potassium. Is that right? Potassium. Well, that will potassium. encourage flowering, uh, but... If the tree is not healthy enough, if if it's root bound, There's loads of leaves. Yeah, loads of leaves. Oh, it might be root bound. Yeah, it might have. So the best thing you can do if it's growing in a pot and it might be root bound is give it a bit of bigger pot. Okay. Because growing in a pot, you have to make sure it doesn't miss out on anything. It can't really dry out if you expect it to support fruit. You've got to give it enough water. You've got to give it the feed. If it's in the ground, the roots can go further and they have access to more and and set up a, a stronger system. Yeah. Okay. I will All look right. at doing that then. All right. Thank you. Well done, Kate. Bye. Cheers for that. Bye. Now, Chris, we are going to have a short break and we will be back in a moment to discuss your dwarf beans. Please bear with us. And we are back straight out to the lines. We are in Butler. Chris, good morning. Good morning, buddies. How are you today? We're well. Very Thank good. You. I've just planted a couple of dwarf beans, and on the packet it says that um, if they get too heady, 
trim them back, but is, is, is that just means cutting off the main leaves at the top? Oh, too heady. Well, I don't know that I've heard that term before. Um, I don't think you have to do anything really with them, Chris. Like, just just let them grow. Give them something to grow up, although even if you don't... Well, dwarf beans so they don't need staking or anything. Yeah, yep. Oh, look, I wouldn't do anything with them. Just let them grow, flower, produce beans. Because when I uh, water them, they all seem to want to have a little rest and lay down. Um. Because they're they're limp, or I think it's because of the uh, the weight of the uh, the top leaves. Oh, all right. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to give this one over to John, and when we send him back out to his computer, not now, John. You stay here. Um, we'll we'll look into that and find out what that means for you, Chris. Yeah. Okay then. Okay. All Thank right. Thank you very much, ladies, and yeah, a, a very good Christmas and. I'll speak to you next year. Lovely. thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And we'll get back to you about these heady beans by the end of the show. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, bye. And people are wanting to know where we can they can actually purchase uh, this book, The Top 50 Fragrant Plants and How Not to Kill Them. Look, we suggest all major bookstores. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. You can buy online, uh, yeah. Booktopia, um, yeah. Boffins, Target... Yeah. Amazon. Dimux, all those places. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There, there is a site you can go to called Booko. Booko. That will tell you all the shops it's available at, where you can buy it, how much it costs, how much its shipping is if necessary. Yeah. Work out what the best deal is for you. But for wow. those, those of our listeners who don't do the internet, yeah, look, I'd just try your main bookstores. Yep. And uh, give them a call. Give them a ring before you track in there. And if they don't have it, you know what? They'll get it in. That's what I think. Yeah, they will. It's only released this uh, in November, so it's it's, it's uh, hot off the press. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, John. Lovely to have you. A pleasure to be here. Yes, <laughs> you're always here. Where would we be without you? That we. But, I mean, at the pointy end of the. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a lot of our behind the scenes work, coming in with the rainfall figures yeah. that you've been keeping for many years. That Just, that can be fun, but it can also be depressing. <laughs> no rain for December yet. <laughs> Unless you were down south for that mighty storm during the week. <laughs> well, we just got all the, the flashings, didn't we? We got the lightning and uh, we thought, here it comes, but nothing actually happened I up in could this see it. it was a fantastic light show, show, but I wasn't even close enough to hear the thunder. <laughs> I don't think people did hear the thunder. Did well, they? Bell Divis, I think, had 15 mils. Yep. We that's... actually got a spit on the freeway last night. Did but you? that's all it was. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, the same. Mm. Now, I think what we'll do, and I hope Bev is ready, we will give away this uh, two of this uh, fabulous book from Yates. It's called Top 50 Fragrant Plants and How Not to Kill Them. We're going to open it up to everybody because it's Christmas. Give your details to Bev, your postal address and your name and a contact number. And we will pass this on to Yates and they are going to mail a copy of the book to you. First two phone calls through to Bev, 94841927. This book is on its way to you and Merry Christmas from Let's Talk Gardening and Yates, of course. Okay, go to it, guys. Enjoy. We shall well, carry on. Well, John, we've well, given you a, a list of tasks this year and of 
Where Horse, shall we well, start? Right. Uh, can, can I say that emails are... We've had eight more than we got last year. Oh, right. I was just about to say to everyone, lift but your game. We, we still haven't matched 2020, but that was <laughs> unusual re- year. a slightly unusual year. Yeah. Yes. The COVID year. Which, and that's, yeah, 526 emails. <laughs> not that we're counting. <laughs> not that we're counting. <laughs> no, it's, it's tremendous, oh. the contact that um, we have with our listeners, um, obviously by, oh. via email. It's another way that they can... Uh, access us and they're not all questions a lot of them are comments and just friendly comments merry christmas photos sort of yeah. photos we of love it all showing off their marvelous plants ideas <laughs> ideas yeah no we love to interact so it's a wonderful way to reach us definitely so definitely. this year how many emails this year was it 526 this 526 year? this year wow that's not um, bad is it which is yeah, 19 less than 2020, so oh. we're not doing too bad. Right. Oh, let's see if we can make that a target for next year. We're after 545 emails <laughs> right. next year, folks. Right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the podcast, we're up, uh, when I put today's up, we'll be up to 148 podcasts. 148 podcasts available for, uh, for Including the, to... uh, the garden design one. The chili trip one, yeah. and yesterday I did put up the uh, Bob Melville. Well, lots of people one. want to know about that, so we've actually yeah. put together our latest. Um, yeah, the last three phone interviews he did, and I got very emotional listening to the last one, oh, where please. we're sort of saying, right, chat to next year and that sort of thing, obviously. I didn't listen to it yet, no, because it would upset me too much. But, right. yeah. And at the end, I put your comments from last week you're oh dear me yeah so that is there for people to listen to it is and yeah and a a sort of a croaky introduction from me that tells you two uh in two shows in 2021 where bob was actually in the studio yeah and the dates for those so you can scroll back go back and have a listen you can go back and have a listen to those as well because i remember there was one time we had him in the studio and there was a problem with the phone lines Mm. and people couldn't call in so we just had this um extended conversation about his life and well, I, I guess it didn't go to air the mischief that he got up to. That was a behind the scenes, um, <laughs> and probably best left chat. behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, but he he was a character, and um, he will be missed. Life. His funeral is actually on next Friday, in his garden. Yeah, yeah. So, but thank you right. for doing that. Oh, but the podcasts John. are going strength to strength. We, we're averaging about two hundred listens. <laughs> Wow. To, to each one. The, the garden design one's over 500, yeah. which isn't a surprise. Uh, and, yeah, just saying... You're a bit say, of a statistician, aren't you? I, I am. Uh, and just going through... I, I keep a lot of records, which uh, I don't know why until I do something like this. And I thought, I'm glad I had that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you two do a fantastic job, but there are times when, you know... You take a day off for one reason or another. Mm. And I'd just like to send a huge thank you to Chris Bartlett, yes. Gillian Bush, yes. Linda Michener and Andrea Whiteley. They've really have, assisted us yeah, this year. They've got your backs, which, yeah. which is terrific. Yes. Uh, we've had 12 different guests come into the studio this year. Um, a few people do sort of hog it a bit. Not, not, 
not mentioning Daryl Hardy by name. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, he's he been oh, as in the numbers, the yeah, number yeah, of he, times, he, he, not because he's taking no, over. No, 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 he, he's been oh. in. And every time he comes in, he's sort of warning us of different things to look out for, yeah. which is great. We need to Very know these things. informational, educational. Yep. And then uh, phone interviews, over 50 different interviews for people. Well, it's reasonable to say that because of mm. the COVID factor, we haven't had a lot of guests in the studio, and that's the reason why. Oh, that's right. We we do keep it to a minimum for the obvious reasons. Yep. Yeah. yep. And and it's great. The three of us have remained COVID-free. We're I not know. spreading it. I know. So, well, well done. Yeah. And, yep. um, yeah, so 50 different guests. That's fantastic. We'll, we'll aim to increase that number next year for and, variety. Of course. And we have two winners of the books. Congratulations, guys. I'll get your names up shortly. But we do have the winners for the Top 50 Fragrant Plants and How Not to Kill Them, uh, just released by Yates. As you would have heard, we chatted to Angie Thomas a short while ago. Short break. Uh, and uh, we will be chatting again with you on the other side of this. Feel free to ring in 94841927. This is Let's Talk Gardening. Nine o'clock news coming up in about six minutes. Let's go to Forestfield. Alan, hello. Morning, hello. Alan. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, ladies. How are we today? We're very well, thanks, Alan. Yeah, you're looking very good. Oh, thanks. We, we do try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm just wondering about um, whether or not it's safe to spray glyphosate under uh, lemon and mango uh, trees. Uh, there's not a lady that I do gardening for, and it's um, uh, just, just to save a, a bit of my time, I suppose, but I know that lemon trees have got uh, shallow roots, and... Um, so I'm just wondering if it would be detrimental if I did spray glyphosate on the weeds. Well, I wouldn't do it, Alan, uh, for two reasons. One, because it's a food plant. Two, as you say, it's shallow-rooted. And as an alternative, what I would do is lay wet newspaper underneath the trees and put mulch on top of that. So what you're then doing okay. is blocking out the light. The weeds right. will break down and they will actually feed the soil. The newspaper will break down, but the mulch will also help keep the moisture in, protect the roots and allow the water through. So to me, that's okay. a, a better option. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I see. Okay, then so we'll, we'll save up our newspapers. I don't know whether this... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, whether this lady actually uh, has news, newspapers or not, but uh, they're, yeah, um, they're not a rare that. commodity now, and you don't get much in a newspaper these days. You get that's three pages. Sure. <laughs> but if what well, I do is I get a few layers and I soak them in a wheelbarrow. You can even value add with a bit of seaweed if you want, and lay that down. That way, the the soil well, it it's moist. Because if you put dry newspaper on, it takes a lot to wet it and sometimes it will actually stop the moisture going to the citrus trees, roots. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can understand that, yeah, sure. Well, actually, <laughs> to tell you the honest, uh, these trees um, only get watered when it rains. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, she's just got a lot of uh, those uh, fat weeds and a few other things. I was pulling out some uh, yesterday, but uh, yeah, it, 
it all takes time. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. Actually, can I just make a suggestion for newspapers? If you go to your shopping centres, they've got the local free newspapers. <laughs> right, right, those boxes. Well, just, just take a, oh, one or two each time you visit. You, you can read them before you put them in the garden. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Ellen. But I think steer away from the glyphosate for sure. All right, Squire, have a good Christmas. Yeah, thanks very much. Same for you. Cheers. You're welcome. Bye, Ellen. Cheers. Okay, we're heading to the news in a couple of minutes. John, what did you discover? Oh, sorry, I, I just printed off a, an email. All uh, right, keep you working but, behind the scenes. Oh, for sure, for sure. But can, can I give a big call out to Do Terry it. at Bigger Trees as well? Oh, please, the, yes. These quizzes, they keep me busy for, <laughs> for more days than you'd believe. <laughs> <laughs> and the things you learn while researching some of these things. I know. Uh, like so many things we know that are wrong like how many berries aren't really berries and how many nuts yeah. are not really nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and bananas are a berry, but they're on a herb stems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, move over me. You'll be able to fill in for me, John. <laughs> no, don't, no. <laughs> I, I cannot remember plants' names, even the common ones. The uh, And don't ask me to get scientific on you. <laughs> but you've taught me so much as well. Uh, now when I see something flying in the garden, I don't try to swatch it away. I land on me so I can see what you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Oh, thank you. Yes, no, I think Faye's um, passion for insects inspire, inspires many, all of us, and we all uh, admire and stop and take an extra look at things. And I now try and work out... You know, who are you? What are you doing? And try and get closer if I can. And I've just put up a it's new bee hotel. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which uh, within... With straight away, the with, bees were showing Within interest. two or three days, they're, they're moving in. And I've had one up there for over 12 months. And, you know, the only thing that moved into it was a rather large spider, <laughs> <laughs> which might have it's, kept the bees away. It's interesting. And, and sometimes we... We don't know everything. We oh, don't no. actually know that something's in there because they don't all go through the front door. Sometimes yeah. they're very small and they they have very good eyes, so they'll get out of the way if we're there. But they can come in the back door and they can set up a nest and we might never know. No, I was there. fascinated to watch a little parasitic wasp and this thing wouldn't have been more than about two millimetres long on my rows going after aphids. And I thought, wow. Small but deadly. <laughs> yes, amazing. <laughs> All right, everyone, it's time for the 9am news. Mostly sunny today with a maximum of 25. Right now it's 20.3 degrees. The minimum overnight will be 13. Sunny tomorrow with a maximum of 28. And heading into Monday, the minimum overnight will be 14. Sunny and a maximum of 30. And looking to the rest of the week, we've got 32s and 33s and uh, it's hovering around there and back down to 29 by the end of the week. So we can do that. That's lovely weather. Summer has arrived and we have two winners for the fabulous book giveaway, Top 50 Fragrant Plants and How Not to Kill Them. Olga from Ascot and Elaine from Falcon. Congratulations, ladies. You obviously got nimble figures, fingers or you've got us on speed dial. Good on you. That book is on its way to you. Thanks for playing with us and enjoy. We would love your feedback on what you think of the book. Oh, we're, we're so lucky, aren't we, that... 
these companies give us books to give away to our listeners. Yeah. And yeah. we get to share the love. Now, John, you've got some stats on bigger trees there. Yes. Um, we have given away over $3,000 worth of vouchers. Today's will take it up to 3075 Wow. And we've had some amazing responses from the people who have yeah. been there. Yes. And and we love that, right? Definitely. We're providing definitely. something that people are really benefiting from and enjoying, and I think they get a surprise when they go there. Mm. They do. And it's a little bit out of my way, but I've planned to go there. Oh, in, in oh be a future. devil, John. Be a devil. I, I will. It's not car, out of your way. It's <laughs> like a 20-minute drive. It's a beautiful drive, as a matter of fact. You must get up there and have I, a look. I will, definitely. And speaking of that, shall we give it away? Yes, please okay, do. Okay, we shall do that. Okay. The last one for the year, Paul Kerry, I emailed her yesterday and she can. I said you can have a breather and uh, I think she's uh, very much enjoyed part- participating with us this year and meeting all the Curtain listeners as well. As you know, Bigger Trees specialise in frangies, ornamental and fruit trees. Huge display of all and they are definitely geared up for Christmas. Uh, visit Bigger Trees online if you are able to by going to biggertrees.com.au and they have a wonderful Facebook page as well. Now they're located up in Pickering Brook. Now the last curly question, you must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Here we go, John, John wanted to make this one just that little bit harder. For many years, people have been lamenting that cities are constantly expanding into the countryside and that the natural environment is disappearing. One song that highlighted this was the 1966 hit Tar and Cement, in which Verdell Smith returns to her hometown to find that tar and cement have covered her beloved meadows where in summer. Okay, what is the name of the flower? Uh, that has been covered in her beloved meadows in summer. What is the name of the flower? Okay, 94841927. And we may even get to play that song as well. That would be lovely. And I, I love that, John, how you come up with these great songs and get a question out of it. I listened to that at least twice the other day. And you know what? When I hear that and I bop along to it or dance to it, I now know a little bit more about so thank the you. origin of yeah. it. Can I tell you how I come about. up with them? Go on. Look back over the playlist from Curtin FM. Oh, of course. And, and go through until I find a song that I know and I think the listeners would know that has a flower reference in it. Yes. Okay, I'll do the same. I'll be able to help you. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that is amazing, going back over the songs. and I remember... Most of them. There's a few that come out of the blue or by people I didn't know had done it. Right. But, you know, the. I just think Curtin FM plays the best music. Well, we, we think so I'm, too. I'm just not necessarily sure it's always by the best artists. That <laughs> well, that depends. Normally the original artist is mostly the best. Generally. I think it's the person you heard first. Yeah, that's it's because the most quite sick. often you will hear a song yeah. and then you'll hear it. And, oh, who's who's done a bad copy a of that? Version, it was yeah. the older one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do like the ones with a bit of beat. So do I. If they slow them down, I quite often get disappointed. Yes, no, me too. So I'm still just browsing for that song while you two are chatting. I'll find it. But ah, uh, here we are. I have found it. Uh, it has been recently played, but we will be forgiven. 
uh, for for that. And no one will hear because they don't listen to us, Ray. So I you'll know. be right. <laughs> we can get away with murder on the gardening show. <gasps> <gasps> no. <laughs> All right. And uh, the oh, we already have a winner for the bigger trees giveaway, June of Malalu. Okay. The question was good on you, June. For many years, people have been lamenting that cities are constantly expanding into the countryside and that the natural environment is disappearing. One song that highlighted this was the 1966 hit Tar and Cement, in which Verdell Smith returns to her hometown to find that Tar and Cement have covered her beloved meadows where in summer. Which flower? And the answer was lilacs. What do you reckon? Shall we give it a whirl? Go for it, Ray. The town I came from was quiet and small. We played in the meadows where the grass grew so tall In summer the lilacs would grow everywhere The laughter of children would float in the air And that was the song Tar and Cement by Verdell Smith. That was what our question was all about this morning. And the $75 Bigger Trees gift voucher was won by June of Muller Lou. You clever girl. Okay, that will be on its way to you this week. Have fun and let us know what you grab for that. Okay, we're in Mundaring talking about Wormwood. Margaret, good morning. Good Good morning, everybody. Morning, Margaret. Morning. Merry Christmas to you. Morning. Yes, very interesting. I was just wondering whether there were lots of people listening and not so many people calling in. Well, that's uh, quite often what happens, Margaret. We start talking and (laughs) if it's interesting, they listen. (laughs) Or or turn off. (laughs) We're not sure which, Mark. (laughs) Just joking. One caller last week who rang in, but unfortunately I can't remember who it was. I mean, not who, about the topic. Um, I just wanted to bring up the subject of wormwood for those who are listening because it is a very valuable plant as an insect repellent and a very handsome plant and a very useful plant. Yes. I have a friend who used to cut off about or perhaps an arm length or less at least a foot length of wormwood and peg it peg a piece to their front uh, front door screen and it Mm. used to keep the flies away you know how the blowflies have a cunning habit of sneaking in when you open the door yeah and the wormwood a piece were pegged on the fly screen is very useful as keeps them away from the doors when you're going in and out Um, somebody else had a a couple of plants growing in their chook yard you don't have too much because of the smell that they emit another person I recall um, had a hedge of wormwood um, on a property up Jinjin way and they had a hedge of wormwood growing around their vegetable garden and it helped to keep away the insects. 
But yeah. if you have too many, you might um, deter the good, the good insects as well as the bad ones. Well, you just have to balance it then, Margaret. You put all the other plants in, assuming you've got a big space. Thank you for extolling yeah. the, the virtues of wormwood. Quickly, the last one is to cut 12-inch pieces of wormwood and lay like just two piece, piece, pieces like a cross. And, but you need probably four pieces and you interlace the pieces of wormwood inside your tomato plants. And my friend found it very effective to help keeping away the insects that want to eat your tomatoes or get into your tomatoes. Cause very it's interesting, yeah. It's interesting as the insect that invades the fruit. I didn't mean eating yep. the leaves. I'm talking about one that invades the fruit. Yeah. Yes, well, it probably would keep away those little moths. Well, and the grey leaves are very pretty. Yes. They're a drought-tolerant plant anything that has got a silver or gray leaf uh, will take full sun and they're wonderful in a silver garden or to add a contrast or accent in a very green garden i have i have it growing yeah and they're very very easy to strike yes so you just have to cut off some and put, stick them in a pot like jane's always showing us on the abc gardening mm-hmm. and um very easy to strike so it's um you can have lots of plants all over the place. Especially if they so keep just, blowies away. I'd be very happy about that, Margaret. Well, if they're yes. not growing in the chook pen, grabbing a couple of branches off and laying it in the base of the hen house will keep the stick-fast fleas away. Yeah. That's but in right, my I garden, did. where I had quite a large one growing, I also had blue wrens nesting in it. Is that so? Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was just wondering if you grew some wormwood under a rose bush and, or dotted it around whether it would help to deter the chili thrips who knows it wouldn't hurt but the wormwood well that i got growing can get very big and they would they're a bit too big to be growing where where my roses are growing Mm -hmm. but there are a couple of varieties so Mm. good good point because the wormwood grows so well that that you, you you don't really notice it doesn't damage the plant because you're constantly cutting off pieces to put somewhere. The the wormwood could just keeps growing and it's re- um, always re- rejuvenates. Yep. Thank you. Have a great Christmas, Margaret, and thank well, you for the information thank and thank you for being partaking in our program all year I long. I just wanted to check with John. Are the podcast going to be there for a, a few weeks yet? They're there all of the time. Uh, I started in 2019, and they are still there, so they're going to be there. Oh, for that's wonderful! Thank for a long you time so yet. <laughs> so try Look not to miss to us next year. <laughs> try not to miss us too much, and listen to the podcasts. <laughs> okay, bye for now. Thanks, Cheers, Margaret. Margaret. Bye. And we're heading to Gooseberry Hill. Love that part of the world. Eileen, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm having trouble with... No, it's not trouble. Um, my gardenia has flowered um, really, really well. Um, but I also noticed that my granddaughter, who has got four of them, they're particularly yellow. I use a product on mine, which is called Nutritrog. Um, it comes from South Australia. I had a 20-litre bucket given to me, so I'm still working on it. It's a pellet form one. But... Did, did, 
Um, I think I used to use Epsom salts on my great big one. Is that, that fact or fiction? Well, a lot of people use Epsom salts and it can certainly help. But, Eileen, I'm a fan of using a complete fertiliser so that they get all of the nutrients. But also, gooseberry oh, yeah, hill... I, I, this, this thing, this is huge big bucket of stock. Um, that's got all and sundry in it. Yeah, that's for um, azaleas yeah. and gardenias, right? It's neutral. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I did lose my puccini. Um, I transplanted that into out of a smaller pot into a uh, bigger pot. Um, but that just got the sulks and curled up its toes. Um, but what are, other than using, um, I, as I said, I use a complete fertiliser, but do I need to give them anything else? But my, mine's in a pot, but my granddaughter's hers are in the ground. Um, and Eileen, the other thing is that Gooseberry Hill, you probably have acidic soil, and so that would be another reason why they're happy. If um, your relative was in a coastal position where yeah, the soil no, she's is... Yeah, in Belladura. Uh, sandy Bella soil, Dura. yep. So her soil is very different. If she also was growing it in a pot, then it would probably possibly do better than than in the Belladura sands. Oh, she says she's got four of them um, in, in a garden bed across the back fence. Um, but I need to add something... Because they've got the composters going in and all of that sort of stuff, but no, I don't. I grow everything in pots because you can't dig holes. Yes, in Gooseberry yep. Hill, um, and mine's a pot, but that one usually doesn't go so yellow. But this year it really has gone yellow. And as I said, the Puccini, which was also they're in four hundred mil pots. I double pot them so that it's a bit. I collect the water as well, so it's not the runoff. So yep. um, the in, I used the pots once for permaculture. Um, we ran them all along and what have you. Um, but now I, I grow most of my stuff in there because I can't dig holes up here. Oh, it sounds like you've come up with a great solution and well done on having beautiful gardenias. Yeah, but um, what else will I give them to speed up the yellow? Will I give them a double dose of this other stuff or not? Oh. They're quite yellow. Well, that tell you what try a liquid for flowering and fruiting plants something yeah, for for roses or gardenias and azaleas because that will be quick acting and they should yeah, green yeah. up within a few days okay so I, you try that and let us know next year how you go okay then thanks. and make sure you're not over watering eileen oh uh, the water runs through um, but how often I are you doing it? They don't like a lot of water. They don't like wet feet. I, I finger test. <laughs> yeah, be careful there. Yeah. All right, love, take care. Okay, thanks. Cheers Bye. for that. Bye. Okay, it's 23 minutes after nine. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye and our special guest this morning. We have John Glitton, our researcher, in the studio with us as well, being the last show for the year yes. and John's adding to our tally of emails we were 19 short of our record oh, so we we we're could up. we could yes, we, well, make we it two or three more in since <laughs> since I did that so wow. uh, 16 I don't think we'll get 16 in this morning but are we going for the end of the show or the end of the year John <laughs> well if people are going to continue 
<laughs> for the rest we of the year. We might still make it. it, it they right. do tend to drop off when the show finishes for the year. But Speaking of forgotten. emails. Yes, let's do some emails. So Edward has sent in photos of his jacaranda. He's in Yunderup and the branches are dying. It's definitely dying back of some description. My concern um, is that the polyphagous shot hole borer can use this tree as one of its target species. Right. So I would be checking, Edward, if you go out and have a look at the trunk um, around where you're standing and also what you're looking for is little pen size dots. So where you put a dot on a piece of paper, they, they're sort of that small mm. and signs of swarf. And it may be clustered together or you may see some sap dripping down. Mm. That's what you'd be looking for. But if you want to save the tree, and even if you want to make the tree safe, I'd suggest you get in a tree surgeon, someone who can actually clean up the tree, cut back the dying branches to ensure that they, they're safe. And at that time, they would also be able to check that there's uh, no signs of, of this damage at that point. If you do that, you may be able to learn more about what's causing the problem and may be able to save it. Or I guess probably often the most cost-effective method is just to say it's unsafe, it's unsightly, it is dying, we cut it right down. Yeah. So sad as that is, mm. um, but yeah, it's a dollar cost and saving trees can be a costly business. So Bill from the property gurus sends us a merry christmas good morning all many thanks for an interesting educational gardening year all the best for christmas keep safe and looking forward to next year thanks bill thank you and we have yeah. loved seeing all your ingenious inventions, inventions and yes. the things that you've made so yes. thank you for sharing yes from kerry Thanks for your shows this year. They are enjoyable and helpful, especially your advice with my peach tree. Well, that's good <laughs> to know. I did something right. Hope you have a lovely Christmas break and a safe and happy new year. By the way, Faye, I've never been able to smell baronia either. Oh, isn't, isn't that, that funny? Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I do smell other things, stock yeah, and yeah. Um, maria, etc. So Michelle has sent in photos of her jasmine. Can you please advise what has happened and how to fix it? I'm thinking the strange weather has something to do with it, but not sure. Have a Merry Christmas and a safe and wonderful New Year. So Michelle's jasmine is in a pot. If it has in fact been moved, it could have disturbed the roots and the position may be different. We did have that 37 degree day come out of the blue so if the sun was hitting this plant that perhaps had been in the shade through winter then the leaves have been scorched but because it's in a pot it's totally reliant on what you give it Michelle um, it's growing up a trellis it does look like it it's either been burnt or the the leaves are reddish I would recommend potting it on if you can't save the growth that's going up the trellis, you can cut it back quite low and wait for the new growth and then retrain it. But it certainly needs a bit of work. Shall I keep going, Ray? Yes, carry on. A couple more. Yeah, don't um, do it. So what is this from Lois? She sent in a photo of a pair of scissors and was trimming the lavender. Oh, this 
the scissors have this little um, nest on them. Well, Lois, you're, you're a bit lucky that nobody was home because this is the nest of a paper wasp. Oh, really? And if they were coming and going, they can get very defensive and mm. they will sting and they mm. can sting repeatedly. Mm. So the paper wasp is an introduced species. It is an Australian native, but native to the East Coast. So it's not really welcome here. But they are predators of caterpillars. So they will be welcome visitors in your veggie patch and around your hanging baskets to keep your caterpillars at bay. And they they take wood. So I actually found one on an outdoor setting scraping the wood to make its nest. And it looks like honeycomb. Mm. And then they provision each of the cells with a caterpillar and lay an egg and then seal it up. And was that nest on her secateurs? That, the nest was in the lavender. Oh, okay. But it shows scale. Yeah, oh, I see. I initially thought it had been oh, created there. So oh. she's probably, it's probably one that's been left behind, an I old see. one. Okay. I thought if that had been built there, she doesn't use them nearly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right. But often they will hang, you'll see these nests created sometimes in a bush, but sometimes uh, are around a veranda, up high, under the capping on a fence, Um and they're quite all right as long as you don't get too close to the nest and try and m- remove them during the day. They can be very aggressive. Mm. Uh, and Anne-Marie has sent us in a photo of a beautiful yellow hibiscus that she would like to know what the name is as it was, I believe it was a gift uh, many years ago, most mm. vibrant yellow. So this is one I will have to send to a member of the Hibiscus Society for further help. ID. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That, that can happen, can't it, when you get something gifted to you? Yes. And uh, it doesn't have a label on it. Or you yeah. take over a garden yeah. that the plants yeah. were existing. Yeah. Mm. yeah, as well. Or you buy it and put it in yourself and lose the label, mm-hmm. in my case. In your case. <laughs> Hide the evidence, John, I call it. <laughs> now we can take calls for the next half hour, the last half hour of the garden show for this year, 94841927. And as you just heard, we can also uh, do your emails for you by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And don't forget about our podcast. Go to curtainfm.com.au on the home page. At the top, just click on uh, where it says programs. There's a drop down bar. Choose Let's Talk Gardening and you are in business. Easy as that. What's what's for morning tea, John? Our chief cook, our chief researcher, our quiz master, our podcaster. Yeah, well, last show before Christmas, it had to be something Christmassy, so a Christmas pudding cheesecake. My oh. word! Oh and wow! I'll, I'll be honest. I hope it tastes better than it looks. As oh. most of my cooking. <laughs> oh, I don't. It, mind it's a how baked it cheesecake, looks. and uh, just. A little dark, but then the, the Christmas pudding in the cheesecake would have done that Absolutely. anyway. Absolutely. It's all about how it tastes. But, uh, yeah. Oh, we look I forward to it, that. And, and the the uh, base is a ginger biscuit. Scrumptious. You so, love your cooking, don't you? I do. I do. I've just been looking through the list of everything I've cooked this year. Oh. I've well, see, it's we're expanding. Oh, we're expanding your <laughs> Go, skills. Tell us what you've got there. Oh, well, there's 46 different. <laughs> really? We didn't know we were that big of guts, we but hey. Fruitcake, uh, odd things, cheese bacon and nettle scrolls. No, oh, they were year. good. Uh, ham and cheese muffins. 
yes. ham, cheese, and asparagus wrapped in pastry. Yum. Rum and raisin hot cross buns for being seasonal. You know? uh, and the Anzac chopped caramel slice. And I get daring sometimes did the pineapple upside down cake, which, uh, yeah, there's an awful lot of, uh, you know, sometimes it's simple, make pate and crit you know, bake some crackers to go with it. Oh, the pate <laughs> was good. <laughs> and uh, a, a couple that I'm going to have to do again, of course, the Sahara dessert. That's probably my favourite, <laughs> the Sahara dessert. Oh, but, do, before you go on, for anyone who hasn't heard the story, please <laughs> tell the story of the Sahara dessert. Right. Uh, I am a Virgo and tend to get a little pedantic. <laughs> oh, just a little bit, John. Just a little just bit. A little so, bit. so when Faye sent an email referring to Sahara Desert and spelt it desert, um, I couldn't help but point this out <laughs> as a form of revenge. <laughs> Faye, Not at all. <laughs> Faye did Google. Sahara dessert and sent it to me and said, "Make this, make it." <laughs> and what, what a treat! It, it, it's something it I'll definitely make again. It was such a well, fine. Well, please explain what it is for the listeners. Well, it's it's really fairly simple. Uh, you toast milk powder, which means just heat it in a dry fry pan till it goes brown. I mean, it gives it a unique flavour, doesn't it, it when it you does. toast uh, powdered milk? It's absolutely so different. You can't yeah, explain it. And then that gets mixed with uh, you know, condensed milk and it it just works. And then well, pistachios over the top. To and it looks like a desert. That's the thing too. You, you, you spread the, uh, the toasted milk powder over the top and put little ripples on ripples. it like sand dunes. <laughs> yeah. It, wonderful but then a couple of weeks back i did the uh the coconut cream pie from gilligan's island oh i ate that that from <laughs> gilligan's island yeah no i loved that that was still don't know where they gorgeous. came up with all those ingredients on the desert, <laughs> uh, tropical island but that was good and the uh cherry clafouti limousine which uh yes you know again i i find ingredients and then you know look for recipes that Don't use go it. with them is that right very much not the, the other way around. Most of us find a recipe and then go off and get the ingredients. Uh, uh, Clafuti, I was in a one of my favourite little shops and uh, they had jars of cherries. Mm. And I thought I must be able to do something, something with that. Something with and, those, uh, yeah, it worked out quite well. Of mm. course, one of my favourites are the Portuguese custard tarts. You but do love those. So you didn't waste the egg whites. They got a meringue topping on them. Yes. <laughs> they were good. Eat your heart out, supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we've got John. Now, for those of you who might be needing to write your letter to Santa, and uh, we all definitely do here at Curtin FM, Dear Santa, define good. Dear Santa, <laughs> let me explain. Dear Santa, well, it's a funny story. Dear Santa, before I explain, how much do you know? <laughs> I could use all of those headings. <laughs> dear, dear Santa, define good. De define good, yeah, exactly, exactly. And don't get your tinsel in a tangle. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 94841927, we are just playing today. Give us a call. We are still serious about your garden and talking gardening, but... Uh, being the last show of the year, we're just having a bit of frivolity and a little bit of fun. And 
if if you want to give us some feedback, I'd love to know what people really loved that they listened to during the year. Yeah, what we could do more of, and yes. and if they've got other ideas, and sometimes people do yeah. send us ideas. And what you'd they, like to still... hear more of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. or less of. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go for a bit more variety next yeah. year. We had fifty fifty guests. Let's try. Um, to, to get some new guests, people who I might not know of who can deliver good information and have got something important to say. To offer as well. Mm. Mm, definitely. So Christmas gift ideas. Any ideas? Well, we had some wonderful books uh, mm. that we've showcased in the last uh, period over the last weeks, haven't we? We have. And, uh, and one of those books I actually uh, had bought for me already. So, yeah. But, uh, is it I, under the Christmas tree? Well, no, it's not because I can probably access it. I haven't opened it, but I probably could access it and I might do that next week. Mm. And, yeah, so I think that's wonderful. And I think um, anything garden-related uh, as a Christmas gift, if you're a gardener mad like we are, it's our favourite type mm. of gift. Yeah, absolutely. And vouchers are great, you know, as well. Well, something I learned about this year that I thought would be a lovely uh, gift idea, and that's the Hori Hori, the knife that's got a little bit of a trowel shape to it. Right, and what does can it be do? used for weeding and digging and cutting off uh-huh. weeds mm. at yeah. ground level? Well, yeah, they are the bane of our existence, a, so mm. anything to make our life easier. Yeah. And okay, let's head out to the lines. We are heading to Yokine, and we're talking about. Roses and mangoes, we. Hi, Roma. How are you going? Oh, good morning. How are you? Yeah, well. good, thanks, good morning. Roma. Good morning. That's good. Um, I wanted to ask you about my roses. have all got the leaves going yellow. The worst year they've ever been. So I was wondering, what's the cause of that? And I'm assuming it might be the older leaves, Roma, with some black spots yes. amongst it? Yes. It's yes. probably a bit of black spot and it's probably just the the bush's response to moisture that's been around and they will drop. The best thing you can do is clean them up. We're probably going yes. into a drier time now. So if you're watering in the morning rather than night so that the yes. plants get a chance to dry out, the, mm-hmm. the plants will overcome that and I wouldn't recommend spraying. They'll... They'll grow through. They'll carry on. They, they used to have a, like a um, carb soda spray. What do you think oh, of that? Do you? Well, that that changes the pH on the leaf, so mould or fungus can't grow. And another one is milk. Yes. So adding one part milk to nine parts water yeah. and spraying over the leaves. And that, that would help for the yellowing. Well, it would, but you're going into a different phase now. Like the the moisture's oh. not hanging around, so black spot won't likely be prevalent, although I guess it can be on some roses that are susceptible to it. But I would think if you clean up those old diseased leaves and get rid of them yes, going I forward, and, yeah, yes. you shouldn't have a problem going forward. Because I just about lost one rose completely because of the leaves all going yellow and falling mm-hmm. off. We did have a very so. late start to to summer particularly. We've only had yes. one 37-degree day. We're 
you know, half more than halfway through. De- oh no, we're not halfway through December yet. But <laughs> the temperatures have been very mild, and the nights have mm. been cool. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Thank you for that. And there was another, actually, couple of questions. Um, mangoes. Yes. Is it time to spray them now? What would you be spraying them for, Roma? Well, the stalks are sort of gone uh, brown and uh, sick looking. The stalks of yeah, on the fruits. Uh, yes, and even the the branches on the trees. On right. The trees. Are you able to send a photo? And the reason I ask before we talk about a, a spraying plan. We want yeah. to identify what the problem is. So that's your starting point. If you can't send us okay. a photo, maybe mm-hmm. take a sample in a plastic bag to your local nursery. Okay. Because um, we need to work out what the problem is to target a solution. Yes, okay. fair enough. All right, I'll have to leave it there. We need to keep moving. Thanks, Roma. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and a very happy new year in 2023. Thank you, Roma. Thank you, Roma. All right. Bye for now. Okay. We'll be back shortly. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. We appreciate your company this morning, as we do all year through. We're in High Wycombe. Jan, hello. Morning, Jan. Good morning. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, look, I've got a miniature orange tree, and it's got beautiful fruit coming on it, and it's doing really well, except the leaves are yellowing all of a sudden, and I'm just wondering what it's lacking in. Is it in a pot or in the ground? No, it's in the ground. Okay, good, good. Has it dried out? No, dear, no. I keep plenty of water up to it. Plenty of water. All right. And And I've got it mulched and it's reticulated. But I do occasionally uh, give it a spray with um, some sea salt and power feed. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So, but all of a sudden the, the leaves on that just seem to be yellowing. Well, mm, yellowing leaves can be a sign of overwatering. They can also be a sign of deficiency if if your pH is high. Um, The the rose, uh, not the rose, the orange should be growing quite well now. We did have a 37 degree day. So that, you know, some, some plants can respond quickly they can get unhappy very quickly um but it probably sounds more like it's a bit hungry and if you've been giving it sea salt that's great i would also give it at least um spring and the end of summer a controlled release fertilizer for flowering and fruiting plants at at least you know those two times so if you haven't done that I would do it now. It probably no. won't respond terribly quickly because no. it is a, a slow release. Yeah. All right then. Yeah, because I've got a miniature uh, mandarin tree and that's doing absolutely beautiful and so is my nectarine plum. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. But the orange ones, it just, um, 
yeah, not all the leaves, but just a few. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it does. Yeah. It sounds probably like it's a little bit hungry, so a bit all more right, food. Then. All right then. Oh, that's good. Oh, thank you very much for your for your knowledge, and have a great Christmas. And, and you too, Jan. Thank yeah. you. Yes, thank you very much. Cheers, Bye. Jan. Bye. Bye for now. And Rosa of Beckenham phoned in and said, can you grow wormwood in a pot? Of course you can. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It's so tough. Easy. It's one of those plants that if you don't have it, like Margaret said, has lots of uses and will do very, very well in a dry garden going forward. Once it's established, mm. pretty sure they they will survive without any water. Yeah. I've. I've got them growing on the edges of my gardens uh, towards the fire break where they don't get water. And they just and they just they survive. And the, yeah. the little birds love love nesting in them and mm. hiding in them. Mm. So great habitat plant. And I just take this opportunity too, but Bev's looking at me out there. Just wanted to thank Bev on air for all her she's actually on the phone i think for all her wonderfulness during the year and her support and uh, she's a very humble lady very kind lady and lady being the operative word a beautiful lady and uh, we adore bev and we thank you for all you do uh throughout the year yes she's <laughs> she's been a blessing we she were lucky to get to the her show. we are very very lucky to find bev and uh, gee she's been a wonderful part of the team she like does such John a sterling Whitten. job, doesn't matter what what we throw at her. I mean, today I didn't She's put a phone number on the sheet yep, yep. and she there's book manages. giveaways and we throw, we drop her in, vouchers. We? and yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, so I just wanted to say thank you to Bev, as, as obviously we do with John, and John will come back in uh, shortly. He's going in and out of the studio because he does work behind the scenes. He's... He's trying to help us get to our last 19 <laughs> emails. So he's probably I in see. there watching the printer print uh, so he can bring the emails in to us. But what a, f a fabulous response to get, you know, like when COVID hit in 2020, we doubled the number of emails we got that year. So it must have gone from 260 to 520. And now that has become a, a constant. So that's that's. 10 a week, Ray. Yeah, gardening is well and truly uh, high up on people's agendas and it's really take, it's really had a resurgence and mm. some of that we know has been brought on by COVID and we hope that people stayed with gardening and I think that you only have to go to nurseries on weekends wherever you go to see the interest and certainly the Perth Garden Festival uh, went extremely well. You know, gardening is very much a, a big part of many people's lives and we hope that continues on and increases. Well, and we're very fortunate because one of the things that we we have been able to do that we haven't talked about, well, during COVID it's what's on again and what's off again. Yeah. But in recent times it's what's on and, mm. you know, fodder for our program has been the Open Gardens. Yeah, wonderful. What events are on for there? Last night we attended a magnificent twilight garden evening, which yep. was members only, and that was that was fabulous. The garden was beautiful, and the host Diane and Andrew and did a fabulous job. Very easy for our job. listeners to become members, by the way, mm. uh, if you're interested. Absolutely. Of course, there was Kalamunda Garden Festival, and they got Costa over last year. Yes, and of course he has been on our show more than. A few, few times, times over the years, so we're grateful for, for his support. 
and many other garden events that get fed through to us and societies, uh, whether it be their um, Mm. monthly meetings or their shows. which there are many. Absolutely. So So without them, we would be sitting here twiddling our thumbs. We would just be (laughs) enabling each other, Ray. Well, we do enable. We are enablers. There's no doubt yes. about that. Let's head to tapping. Oh, no, actually, Russell, stay with me. Let's clear our break and we will be able to have a chat with you on the other side of this. Curtain Radio. You are tuned in to Let's Talk Gardening and the temperature has jumped up to 21.8 degrees. We're in tapping. Thanks for waiting, Russell. No problem. Um, just a quick question. I'm looking to put down some wood chips in the garden, and um, I believe they're um, a dyed pine. They're red, red colour wood chips. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking my concern, about. My concern is, does that encourage termites or anything like that? Uh, it sort of, they sort of have been known to. Termites are in the environment like in natural spaces, my recommendation to you, Russell, if that is a problem, keep it away from your house and and just monitor it. It's very I, hard. Mm, um, yeah. You know, I, I've used them, use wood chips across my garden forever and ever. And we do have yep. termites, but they haven't got into the house. The house would have been treated... Um, Initially, it's probably 40 years old now. Um, but keeping yep. wood away from the house, any sort of wood that's low to the ground because the termites yep. can find it. And if you do find a nest, don't just get rid of the tree to get rid of the problem. While the nest is there, it can be treated. So you would treat okay. the nest before you remove it. Um, I'm not sure what other people in your area might have as a problem and if you have got yeah. logs in your garden dead logs for habitat just keep them away from the house yeah okay because i was going to get a pest control people in to spray um after i've done it anyhow um for the you know like the spiders and stuff so yeah i was just wondering if if it does attract them that's all mm, it's yeah there's no definitive answer I... okay yeah it's quite a big subject. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get out of working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just okay, do your homework yep. and talk to your neighbours and see if they've had any problems. I know some people have put wood chips in, then found termites and like moved it all out again. Yes. Okay. All right. Not a problem. All right. Good Thanks luck, Russell. Much. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. All right. Emails, Ray? Yes, please. Okay, from Sue, gardening show. Ray and Faye, thank you for your show. I listen every Saturday morning and have learnt heaps about gardening over the years. May you have a lovely Christmas and a safe and happy new year. Looking forward to you returning. My apologies, I forgot to mention John. (laughs) Who is that that from? That's from Sue. Lovely, thank you. Hi, wonderful ladies. I've bought a passion fruit and a bag of planting mix and a liver. Hoping oh. it'll be okay as I killed uh-huh. the last one from uh-huh. leaving a sock rubbed with Vicks around the trunk. Got uh-huh. rotten, carked it. Um, added a photo of trunk and a holy cow Batman 
which is one of the cricket uh, grasshoppers, Valanga irregularis. Yeah. And boy, there's some good sized ones around around the place. And that was from Josephine of Kelmscott Hills. Thank you. The, it's a bit like telethon with these emails yeah. rolling in. Um, title is Bigger Trees from Mel in Les Murdy. Hi, Fane Ray. Months ago, I won the Bigger Trees voucher, put it in a safe place and forgot it. Then I found it in October and went straight up there. They were so lovely, helping me choose the natives for a bare sandy corner of my yard and some fertiliser. Thanks to Bigger Trees and to you two girls and Curtin Radio for spreading the joy of gardening. I really enjoy listening to the answers to questions that people ask and I've learnt so much from listening to you. Oh, that's lovely. Very kind. Thank you. Merry Christmas and a safe, happy, healthy new year. So this is from Marge, just referring to the the caller that mentioned the Water Authority being more considerate of gardeners in the green community. Maybe the WA um, can regulate councils who seem to water their enormous gardens whenever. And please don't get me started on the mowing, spraying and desecration of natural flora. Yep. Well, yes, and then there are some good news stories. So next year we'll, we'll bring you more stories about people that are doing the right thing and yeah, we'll focus well. on the good and hopefully educate people to all do better because we can all do better. This is from Ken in Greenwood. I sent a beautiful photo of Hoyers. Thank you for the show and lots of help and tips. My Hoyers and Orchids appreciate it too. Have a great break and Merry Christmas. And we've learnt quite a bit about Hoyers and Orchids in the last couple of years. I know... I have more in my repertoire of what to do and how to look after things. Me too. So, mm. And particularly the potting mixes. So, yeah, as yeah well. it's been great. There we go. So, John, what are our emails up to now? <laughs> <laughs> Since my last oh, <laughs> update, dear, dear. we've had another five in. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, what's that? That's, I reckon we're even, Stevens. All good. It's about 533 for the year. Still, you know, 10 or 11 short oh, well. of 2020. But that was an unusual year. Nobody could get out. <laughs> no, that's great. John, Done I know we've already well. thanked you a thousand times, but thank you again for everything. Um, sometimes it, you might feel that, yeah, we rely on you very heavily and there's a lot of work that goes on during the week as well. And we appreciate that because the gardening show, the two hours that we're on air, that's almost the easy bit. There's a lot of work goes on behind the scenes leading into the garden show each week, which, of course, we love. Don't we get do. us wrong. But, it, you know, there's a lot of work and we're all volunteers here. Yeah, well, I, I love doing it. And, you know, you, you two are the nicest people to work with that I've ever worked with. Wow. So, so you know, it, it's a pleasure to help people. It is. Like it you is. and to help all the listeners as well. Is uh, you know, it's really an honour. I think yeah. well, we're, no, we're thank privileged. You. Thank you, thank you. And we do have uh, Jim Crinan next with the classic seventies. He'll be entertaining you very, very shortly. Couple of uh, gardenisms for the morning. Grow through what you go through. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> timely. Okay. okay, you're very timely. <laughs> and I wanted to dedicate this one. I had this picked actually for Bob Melville last week. There is simply the rose. It is perfect in every moment of its existence. So I'd like to dedicate that to Bob Melville. And we will be back on the 21st of January. 
January, I should say, to happily do it all again, bigger and better and brighter in 2023. Till then, our dearest gardening friends, thank you for your company this year. It's our privilege to bring you Let's Talk Gardening each week. As we have just mentioned, do keep safe. Have a pleasant Christmas. And we will be chatting again with you very soon in the new year. All of our love to you. And just remember, do not get your tinsel in a tangle. (laughs) Cheers, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.